In this week's parasha, the Torah tells us, somebody wants to make a nether a vow, you have to honor it. But the Torah talks about two types of commitments. It's called yider nether or hishava shvua. A nether and a shvua. They're both commitments to do or not to do something. So what is the difference between the two? So the Gemara says in Adarim, nether is, is a, a prohibition that one imposes on an object. In other words, the formula of a nether is, is targets a particular object which the person imposes a prohibition on. So for example, when it comes to making a nether about eating a loaf of bread, the language that's used, the formula that's, that one uses is koinim kikarzeh. Koinim is a term used in the Gemara for a prohibition. A prohibition associated more with kedusha, a carbon. So you extend the, the, the prohibition of the kedusha of a carbon. A carbon is not allowed to be eaten by, by, by a regular person. So koinim, I'm imposing the isra of a carbon on this loaf of bread. Now this loaf of bread becomes off limits to the person who made the nether. Uh, a shavua means that the person imposes the isa on himself, uh, on the action. He says shavua shloi oichal kikazeh. I make a shavua that I will not eat it. So the Gemara calls the first one nether an isa cheftzer. It's called a prohibition against the object, and shavua is a, is a commitment that's targeted against the person himself. The activity that the person uh, is uh, is going to do or not going to do, and making that shvua. Shvua shloi oichal or shvua shoichal. That's shvua. Neder means that this kikar, or this boss, or this piece of meat, is is prohibited for me to eat. And there are far-reaching ramifications in Allah between a shvua, which is a isar gavra, on the person. And a nether, which is Isachafta. But Rashi in this week's Pasha does something very strange, which is quite surprising. When you learn Rashi, Rashi starts Ishki Yidr Nether, and Rashi says, Rashi uses the words, What is a nether? I say upon myself, somebody says, I take upon myself a prohibition that I will not eat. So Rashi interprets nether. As being a prohibition imposed on an action, not on the actual uh, object that is the subject of the isor, but on the activity, which is a shvur, really, in the Gemara. So Rashi is a little confusing because it goes against what the Gemara says. So the Ramban really argues with Rashi and says, well, Rashi confused a little bit because a nether should be phrased more like saying, this kikar, or this object, this piece of food, shall be prohibited. I impose a prohibition on it vis-a-vis me eating it. So Ramban takes note that Rashi sort of deviated from Chazal. Anyway, so here's a story that relates to Rashi, which can even explain what Rashi is saying. Um, the story is about the Rijana, the holy Rijana. It's told by a great Chassid, Chabad Chassid, who passed away only a few years ago. He was a Mayal in Kfar Chabad. His name was Marinovsky. An older Chassid from Russia, he grew up in Kremenchug, in, not in a Chabad family, but there were a lot of Chabad Chassidim in his community. He became Chabadnik later, but his grandfather was a famous Chassid of the Chernobyl dynasty. 
So he, he told, he tells a story in his book, in his memoirs, which he heard from his grandfather, who was, as I said, a great chassid and a rov, um, and, a, and a chassid of more of the Chernobyl tradition. And his grandfather told him he heard the story from the person himself, who it happened to, and his name was Rabbi Yeshua Kharif, Rabbi Yeshua, the, 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 the scholar, the sharp scholar. Kharif is a title used usually in, 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 the, in, the, in the old world of yeshiva for somebody who is a prodigy, an exceptionally as a, intelligent scholar, is called a Kharif. Rabbi Yeshua Kharif. Rabbi Yeshua Kharif told his grandfather this following story. This is how he became a chassid. He was not born a chassid, was not raised in a chassid. He was a relative of Rabbi Kiva Eger, the great Rabbi Kiva Eger, and even learned in Rabbi Kiva Eger's yeshiva. One day, um, a wealthy man, who was a chassid of the region of Rabbi Rabbi Yisrael of Ruzhin, showed up in the yeshiva where this Rabbi Yeshua learned and told the Rosh Yeshiva that he's looking for an exceptional bacher, because his daughter is a very special daughter, and he himself is a very wealthy man, and he's able to support a great bacher who wants to sit and learn uh, for the rest of his life, he wouldn't have to worry about anything. He's looking for the best bacha he can possibly get. And the Rosh Hashiva pointed this, Rabbi Yeshua, he's a great bacha, he's one of the uh, most learned bachim in Yeshiva. He suggests this bacha. So they discussed it, negotiated back and forth. The shidduch happened. Shortly after the wedding, uh, the father-in-law of Rabbi Yeshua said to his son-in-law, I'm going to travel for Shabbos to my holy Rebbe, the Rabbi Yisrael of Ruzhin, and would like to take you with me. So the son-in-law said, no, listen, I'm, I'm not into that stuff. I'm not raised in the Hasidic tradition. I'm a scholar, I like to learn, and Bittel Teirah for me is very important, and this will take away a lot of my time of learning, so you go, Gesundheit, hate and enjoy your time there. I'm going to sit and learn. The father-in-law was not the type to take no for an answer, so he kept pressuring his son-in-law and telling him, listen, come, come, come. Son-in-law tried to push him away and say, no, no, I can't. But father-in-law finally warmed down. And the son-in-law made a deal with him. He said, listen, I'll come once uh, in, in deference to you, but please, I'll come with you once on one condition that you never bother me again. That means from after, after this one time, you let me sit and learn, you won't bother me. The father-in-law agreed. He was hoping, the father-in-law was hoping that he, once the son-in-law sees the Ruzhiner, he'll be so impressed that he'll want to come himself again and again, maybe become his chassid. Rabbi Shua, on his hand, from his end, decided, you know what, if I'm already going, let me test this Rebbe of my father-in-law. He says he's such a great man. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a kasha. I have a big question that I've been pondering for many, 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 for a long time. And I'll think about the question and I'll see if the Rebbe, when I go into his room, will know my question. I'll know he's a Baruch HaKadosh, that he knows what people think. And if he gives me a good answer, I'll know he's also a London, a Talmud Chacham. So that will be my test to see if he's really a great person. What was the question he had? The Gemara says that neder is a kind of vow that you target the object. You say the object should be prohibited uh, for me to uh, enjoy uh, a loaf of bread, 
is prohibited for me to eat, for example. And a shvur means that you impose the commitment on the action. You say, I make a shvur that I will not eat the thing. It's a pella because in the Zohar it says just the opposite. The Zohar says a shvur is a isa chefza. Shvur is an imposition on the object. And neder is a isa gavra. Wow, half of a fella. Amazing. The Zohar says just the opposite of the Gemara. The Loshana and the Zohar, Nedorim is chal, is imposed on something which has no uh, substance. It's not tangible. It's on an action. Whereas a Shvur is made on something which has tangibility, has substance. It's, it's the, act, the, the, the object itself. Just the opposite is the Gemara. Okay, they traveled to Ruzhin. When they came to Ruzhin, they went straight to the Rebbe's house, which was a place where a lot of Chassidim gathered. And there was a huge crowd. And they're standing there waiting for the Rebbe to say something. And also waiting for their turn to be able to go over to the Rebbe and have a, a private uh, discussion, uh, a bracha. Suddenly, an older Chassid from out of town walks in. His name is Rebbe Leib. Came from a city in Russia called Bar. There was a famous Talmud of the Baal Shem Tov, Mendel Barer, from Bar. Anyways, this Rabbi was one of the most uh, distinguished Hasidim of the Rizhina and very highly respected by the Rizhina Hasidim. Must have been a very special Jew, a very holy Jew. When he walked in, everybody made room for him and let him go straight to the Rebbe. When the Rebbe saw him, he, he smiled and, and told him to sit down and welcomed him and told the Shamish to put a food on the table like Mazaynis, Lachaim. Now everybody wanted to hear what the Rebbe is going to say to Rebbe Leib. Uh, they, were, they were sure there was going to be some divreter. So Rebbe Shua says, me and my father and we were all crowding together with all this, all the chassidim to, to hear what the Rebbe is going to say. No, the Rebbe turns to Rebbe Leib, this chassid, and he says to him the following. He says, no, people think that we, we, uh, he talks about himself, uh, great Sadiqim used to talk about themselves in the plural. They didn't say I as individuals, you say us. That we are not learned. People say, people think that we're not learned, even though we finish us every month. But people think we're not learned. It says, but my great-grandfather, who was the great-grandfather of the Rizhina, the Maggot of Mezrich. The Rizhina's father's name was Reb Shalom of Provich. His father was Rabbi Avram the Malach, and Rabbi Avram the Malach was the son of the Mazitcha Magid. He says, my great-grandfather, Mazitcha Magid, everybody knew that he was a Gorn Elam. No, nevertheless, a Litva came to him and said, you know what, I'm going to think about a question in my head. And I'll see if, if, my, if my great-grandfather, the Magid, will know what the question, what I'm thinking about, and whether he'll give a good answer, then I'll know he's a big London. And the kasha that he had is the stira, the contradiction between the Gemara and the Zohar, whether Nedorim is um, a commitment that's uh, targeting an object, and Shvu is about an action, or vice versa. Exactly the question that this Rebbe Shur was thinking. And then the Rebbe posed for a moment, and stopped speaking, and Rebbe Shur is standing there and he's shaking. The Rizhina is literally 
repeating the question that he, he was trying to test the Rishina with. Then he hears the Rishina continuing, and he says to this Rebleib, no, what my grandfather, great-grandfather answered about this is not relevant to us. But I, he says, we will answer this with our own answer. And he said, you should know, there's a Gemara in Papa Metziah regarding Tzoraz, a famous story which the Alter Rebbe discusses, and there's a huge, a big sikh of the Rebbe on this, that there was a debate in the heavens, a halachic debate, right, that um, the, the halacha is, by Tzoraz, there's two elements to make a Metzora unclean. There has to be a, a white spot on the skin, and then there has to be two white hair growing on that spot, where that spot is. And the halacha is that if the uh, white spot preceded the hair, first there was a white spot developing on the skin, and then in the area of the white spot, two white hair grew, then the person is tummy. What if first there was two white hair growing through the skin, and then the skin around the white hair developed and turned white like a tzoraz, like leprosy, then the halach is it's not tome, it's toher, it's pure. The person is not unclean. That's the halacha. Now the question is sophic. What if we've, we have a doubt, the coin sees it, and we don't know, the person doesn't remember which one came first, the spot, or the discoloration on the skin, or the white hair. So there there's a machleke, says the Gemara, between Mesifta de Rekia, the heavenly, the celestial yeshiva, I guess this is a place where Nishamas in Gan Eden, maybe great Goenim, Tzadikim, learned Torah, and they had their opinion about this. They said, Suffolk, if it's a doubt, Tame, it's Tame. Yeah, because, listen, it's a Suffolk uh, of an of a Issa from the Torah. You have to be very careful. So they were strict, they said Tame. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem disagreed with the Mesifta de Rekia, with the heavenly yeshiva, and said Taher. So in the heavens there was a commotion about this, a disagreement between Hashem and the Mesifta de Rekia, and they said, who will uh, decide uh, this disagreement and give the, the final decision? And they said, Rabbi Ba'anachmeni. The Gemara is there a long story with Rabbi Ba'anachmeni. He was pursued by the Persians. The authorities wanted to kill him. Anyways, that... Um, in the end, Rabbi was in a state where he was mamish literally before he passed away. And the last moments before he um, uh, passed away, they asked him from the heavens, what is his opinion on this question? If there's a doubt, which came first, the discoloration of the skin or the two white hair? And Rabbi Nachmini said, Taher. And with the word Taher, his neshama left the world. And that means he agreed with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, um, and then it says that the Rambam paskins like Mesifta de Rekia. The Rambam paskins that it's Tavei. Uh, the Rash, Rabbi Nishimshin and Mishnayis, paskins like Rabbi Banachmeni, which is like HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Kesef Misha talks about it, well, how can the Rambam paskin not like Rabbi Banachmeni, since the Gemara says that Everybody, Mesifta de Rekia, agreed that we should let Rabbi Ba'anachmini decide because he was on earth and he could pass him here on earth as a rov, right? Tere Leva Shemaimi. 
So, um, so the the, the case of Mishnah explains that the Rambam had another Mishnah, Masechta Negoim, where there's a majority opinion that disagrees with Rabbi Barachmini. At any rate, we see a case here where there was a machloekis between Masechta Derekia and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Says the Rishon that this is the same thing with this question that this Litvak had about the difference between the Zohar and the Gemara whether Nadarim is about the object and Shvur is about the act, or vice versa. And that's the difference between Mesifta Darekiah, the Gemara is the Mesifta Darekiah, Zohar is the voice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's... And then the Rishon finished looking at Rebleib, when he finished giving this answer, and he moved his holy eyes and turned his gaze to Rabbi Yeshua. And he said to them, and now, younger man, will you be a chassid already? And he took his pipe, you know, the region used to smoke a pipe, and he told him, um, go light it for me. That was considered a big honor by the region that somebody was lighting his, his lulke, his pipe. So this is, a, uh, this is how this younger man became a chassid. So uh, Rabbi Marinovsky says a fascinating thing that Rashi Rashi says that a nether is that means that he makes a commitment not to eat, which is not like the Bavli, not the Gemara, but it's like the Zohar. And he says we know what the Rebbe always says in the Sikh is that in Rashi there is both Pshat and Sod and the Kabbalah insights. And there's also other Sfarim who say it already before the Rebbe. Um, uh, the Chidor brings that in Rashi there's a lot of rosin mysteries and secrets of the Torah hidden in Rashi. There's a story about Rabbi Shimshin of Astropolia, one of the big Mechabalim before the Baal Shem Tov. I think he was killed during Tach Tat in the middle of davening by one of the Cossacks. They say he didn't feel when the sword pierced through him, he was in the middle in such a Vegas <coughs> that he didn't feel just passed away in the middle with his talus and fulham with a great, great Mekubal, Reb Shimshin of Astropolia. is a siddur of his. He writes there that, well, they say about him that uh, he once wanted to write a Pirush on Torah uh, according to Chachmas HaKabola. So he wrote a few pages on the first Pasuk, and then he realized people would not understand it's too deep for most people. So he decided to write in a more concise way, like sort of the some total of the ideas. And he kept like condensing and condensing and condensing. He thought it would be easier for people to understand. But finally he condensed it so much, then he looked at Rashi, he says, it's mamish like Rashi. Then I have no reason to write it because Rashi already wrote it. Just interesting. 